Hello, welcome to this episode of 10,000 Posts. It's the show about how everything is posting. My name is Hussein. My name is Phoebe. And uh, this week we have a ge- we have an in-studio guest. It happens very rarely. And whenever it does, I'm always just like, shit, what do I do? I have to go like interact with someone in real life. Um, and luckily we, we're joined by someone. We're, we're joined by uh, our friend Clive Martin in the flesh. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good. Like, I, I, is this, a, this is the first time you've come in. It is, yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty switch. For yeah. people who don't know Clive, uh, he's a really good writer. You may have read uh, some of the work that he's done on The Fence, The Face, uh, Vice, uh, what, whatever. You've written like for quite a lot of places. Yeah, doing quite a lot for the New Statesman these days. Yes. Yeah, um, Yeah, a couple of the broadsheets. And yeah, that's about yeah my regular um, beat. Yeah, but we've, we've done episodes a few before and like a lot of the episodes have been about uh, just kind of like, I think the way in which the way in which you sort of understand changing British culture and how some of it like isn't actually all that new or that kind of removed from the sort of bones and the aesthetics of kind of old uh, British celebrity. And I think this New Statesman article that we're going to talk about really touches on those points. Um I mean, like, let's 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 get into it. You you wrote this piece. Uh, it's about the new uh, in the New Statesman, and it was called. Um, it was about the citizen celebrity, and I wondered whether, like, for people who haven't read it, and the link will be in the show notes. Um, what what is the citizen celebrity in your mind? What kind of got you to sort of want to write this piece? So, like, what were the things that you were seeing like online that made you think about this as like the citizen celebrity? Yeah, I guess I, I suppose citizen celebrities are there are a lot of things really. It's like. Um, well, the first two examples is like uh, it's like Tom Skinner, obviously he's sort of probably the most sort of like recognisable one. Um, Big John, um, Big John Fisher of the Bosch fame and the Bosch Empire, really, as it's sort of become. And then you've got like sort of slightly smaller ones like um, the Queen of Scotty Road, who's this kind of like astoundingly camp Liverpudlian guy who um, has this has a kind of is they all have catchphrases. Um, and there's a couple of other ones, but then you've got like, um, there's a kind of, there's always new ones rolling through or uh, there's another guy called Snowy Danger, who's, um, yeah, again, just like the weird sort of dregs of Instagram reels. And, um, yeah, um, they are almost like, they're kind of like big brother contestants or like, um, you know, you ever watched like a game show in the nineties where there's like someone on there who's got like a very, like a pre-existing persona. Mm. Uh, yeah yeah it's, it's like that those sort of like <laughs> those sort of like legends in their own lunchtime sort of people um like you know uh they could have been on like michael barrymore's my kind of music once and the crowd kind of loved them and yeah now they've got you know a kind of democratized social media uh platform to kind of you know really kind of propel themselves and they've yeah they do all this sort of like um yeah, they've got catchphrases. They make a lot of content. They do kind of slightly minor branded deals. Mm. Like I think Snowy Danger managed to get one with like Fox's biscuits. I love to know like who. I, when yeah. was the last time they even advertised? Um, yeah, but then like, like Tom Skinner has done really well because he's doing stuff like with Sainsbury's and um, he's actually on telly and stuff like that. Uh, Big John does a bit of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they they're kind of like a. It seems to mostly be men, come to think of it. Um, they're mostly kind of like quite, they, yeah, they're sort of, um, they're very like proletarian um, and they're kind of, um, they, they like play into like almost like classic kind of stock characters. Like um, the Queen of Scotty Road, he's kind of like, he could be a character out of Phoenix Knights. 
and there's a lot of like Lily Savage to him. Um, there's uh, Big John. He's like you know that's almost like a comedy archetype in itself, really, isn't it? He's sort of like like a sort of like Ron for Homer Simpson or something. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, Tom Skinner is just like he's like you know he's fucking he's the artful dodger, you know, is that that sort of thing. And anyway, they're um, they've done like really like well, and they seem to they seem to work the algorithms really well. And they you know they there's new ones popping up, and they sort of like um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated. And that's basically what the article's about. I should have reread the article, really, but like, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of points in there, you know. I think there's almost something kind of quite quite punk about it. Something quite DIY. You yeah. Know, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, obviously, you know, technology and you know, platforming is um, easier than ever. But a lot of people don't really use it that well. It's just a lot of sort of bland, mm. you know, influencer content with that um, sort of. Um, Oh, I love it and I hate it at the same time. So um, there's a lot of that going on. But these people that actually sort of they use it and they just sort of like create these kind of fun sort yeah. of personas and like they they push it really well. Yeah, there's there's a line that you write and I, I want to mention this only because like you you brought up this point and the democratization point. You you say, but occasionally the democratization of celebrity can lead to strange and exhilarating content. Recently, a new kind of British star has emerged, one that smashes through the tedium of social media to create a new genre of entertainment. But it's surreal and pedestrian, egalitarian and grotesque in equal measure. This is the era of the citizen showbiz in which normal people can create potent media brands from their kitchens, front rooms and guardian, garden patios. There were two questions I sort of had in this. First was about, well, more one, one actually you sort of touched on, which is that the ways in which these types of citizen celebrities, as you pointed out, use social and the ways in which it doesn't, I don't want to say that it's not curated, but it doesn't feel as sort of cleanly curated and like conscious about what works and what doesn't. It does feel somewhat like organic and spontaneous, even if it might not be. And I wondered whether you had any thoughts on like those types of like general aesthetics, like whether there, there are commonalities in those general aesthetics with these citizen celebrities. And the second one was more about like the, you, the, the line of like the new type of British star. And I wonder whether there's something unique to the UK when it comes to producing these types of characters. Yeah, so, so on the first one, so you're saying, talking about sort of what... They... Like the, the common aesthetic. So like, even, you know, the examples that you've sort of given, I think like kitchens, like, you know, these sort of, uh, you know, they're sort of like, what was the best way of describing them? There's like somewhat generic and quite like, boilerplate kitchens like how like houses in the suburbs, stuff like that. That sort of feels like the general aesthetic that these types of like, the citizen celebrities that you point out kind of all occupy and i wonder whether there's something yeah there's a lot of um up. it's very like pedestrian and quite suburban i guess it's a lot of like um you know gunmetal gray corner sofas and um everyone's got a garden and well not the queen of scotty road queen of scotty road is quite urban it's a bit different actually because scotty road is like one of the sort of like um one of the main quite rough sort <laughs> of well it's traditionally quite rough i think i don't really know i'm not liverpool expert sort of thoroughfares in liverpool um and that's kind of his thing that he's like super camp and outrageous and he's in a, a bit of a, you know, kind of in the hood, I think is sort of the, uh, the uh, that's what his his vibe is. Um, but yeah, there's between like, you know, if you look at the worlds that like Big John and like Molly May occupy, I suppose, they're not a million miles away. She just got a lot more money. Um, mm -hmm. And Tom Skinner. But there's, yeah, there's a lot of supermarkets. There's a lot of driving. There's a lot of sort of like high street Chinese restaurants and um yeah, it's 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 a it's a good way of like looking at like how people live in Britain. And in terms of the organicness, I think what's interesting is like a lot of these people like um they're not curate they are curating it, but obviously they have to curate it to some some extent. But like 
they're quite random. It's like there's a lot of street scenes and like, you know, just fire something off in the supermarket or, um, you know, you're you're with a bunch of other people in the pub and you, and you do it and stuff. Whereas like influencers are probably like, you know, in of the kind of bland mold are kind of trying to set up their shots. And, you know, you see those, God, you've seen that terrible trend, which is like the, um, the tube, changing outfits with the tube. Uh, yeah, I hate it. <laughs> I saw someone. I saw someone doing that the other day at Gloucester Road. So <laughs> I really wanted to. I can only use, presume she was. She had like a car around the corner, or she had, she must have lived around the corner, and she must have been like running off, using tapping out, paying money, going changing because she didn't really else have like she only had like one other guy with her and like no bags of clothes. Right. I was really fascinated by it. Um, so yeah, they're the opposite of that. It's kind of it's quite random. It's quite spontaneous. Yeah. It's like messy. Yeah, sorry, Phoebe, go. No, it's just no, it's, I'm just interested in putting this on in the same kind of category as Molly May, who to who to my mind is absolutely 100% a traditional influencer and almost and almost kind of invented the the kind of the current the current framing of influencing. And like and it's completely right what you say these these new citizen celebrities they're all they're all men. There aren't any women doing this. Yeah. Um which I think, which I think is, which I think is interesting. And I think, I think the reason that um, that Molly May is sort of thought to be in kind of in the same in the same category is because she has a lot of the same sort of shared aesthetics. But if you look at the way that she curates her curates both her public and her working life, it's it's very very strictly uh strictly delimited she is never going to make a video of herself herself just kind of chat sort of chatting her nonsense in a, in a car particularly now that she's moved into kind of mummy vlogging which is which is a kind of dip which i, I feel, it feels like a very different it feels like a very different sphere even though it probably looks quite similar because of the shared aesthetics yeah 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 i mean it does kind of beg the question who did actually invent all this stuff you know who is like patient zero of um of influencing i don't really like, i know there was like I guess there's like YouTubers and stuff, but that was like, you know, they used to like kind of ramble and mm. like, there's more like kind of yeah. di- more like diaristic, I guess, YouTubers, but like, yeah. yeah the- like, like honestly, like I'd, I'd actually love to know the answer to this because, because we've talked about it before and people always say, oh, well, it's the Kardashians and it's not the Kardashians. That's not the right answer because the difference, the difference between uh, the Kardashians and the kind of the influencer uh, sort of the influencer kind of grind industry is that so much of it has to be mediated. Like it's mediated on kind of digital platforms. I'm not saying that it's some kind of like organic guerrilla presentation, but it's very, very different to become famous because you're on a TV show. And I, like, I would, I would even argue that if you were a Love Island person turned influencer, then you are not quite the same. And yeah, you're yeah. certainly not in quite the same universe. And I'm really interested in the point that you make in the in the piece about how they're like Big Brother and X Factor and also like and like back in the nineties, like kind of game show contestants. Because yeah. all of that is mediated by by traditional media. And then you can sort of make make what you wanted to make out of it. Or I mean, most of them made very little out of it, out of um their appearances on this kind of thing, but it's very, very different from using a platform in order to, in order to kind of carve out your own your own type of presentation. Like regardless of like what what social media platforms are for and like what their and what their kind of business models are like, 
if you know about somebody because they were chosen by Channel 4 executives, that's very different from knowing about somebody because they film themselves eating eating roast potatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, very, it's very interesting, isn't it? It's like they can create their own worlds, mm. you know? I think, I guess some of them, like, there's always the kind of, like, you kind of know where they live and you have a vague idea of what they do for a living, maybe, apart mm. from influencing. And you can kind of see them in person. You can kind of step into their universe. Like Skinner's always on about like which market he's trading at this morning. And then obviously he made that cafe, like super famous Dino's cafe. And there's something kind of like, there's something kind of inviting about like, you might be able to sort of like cross paths with them. Whereas like a big brother contestant, like, you know, they could live, live anywhere. You might see them at some sort of celebrity do maybe, but like, mm. Someone like some of these sort of characters, what they what's interesting is they're maybe like inviting you into their world a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think Rate My Plate was pretty mm. early on in this. I mean, he's kind of like, nobody really talks about him anymore, but he was like obviously super, super successful. And he had that, you know, obviously that mix of like being a bit of a character, but also just doing something quite grotesque and ridiculous. And it's obviously very food based, and food is obviously, you know, huge on, huge on social media. So uh, he's, he's definitely, He's definitely quite early on it. And I guess what maybe like Tom Skinner did was sort of take that mold and because Rate My Plate is like really like sweet guy who's like really sort of like, you know, he's really like humble and really um, sort of ingratiating and kind and like Skinner's like sort of amped it up with a bit of a sort of like wide boy persona, you know? Yeah. Because mm. we, we, uh, we, um, we didn't really go into Skinner on our OFA episode uh, Basically, because of the because of the existing and current kind of allegations against him, and we don't want to really treat him like he's a kind of mm. he's a kind of charming, harmless figure when there is sort of multiple suggestions that he is that he is not that. But I think, but I think you I think you're completely right about about there being this kind of it's almost relatability, but it's like it's not quite relatability either. Um, I would because I would put it. I think the I think the analogy of the of the character who goes on a who goes on a game show is a really really good one, and it also really reminds me of um, Hussein. Do you remember the episode that we did on the uh, on the fake reality show? Yeah. Um, and the and at le- a couple of the people who had been allegedly scammed. It was still mm. not clear what the scam is, but had <laughs> been allegedly scammed into being on a kind of fake on a fake kind of big brother style TV show. And they were very kind of, um, they were very kind of personary. Certainly the, certainly the clown guy mm. was, a, was very, was very kind of, this is my persona and I'm getting this persona on the TV. But I wonder how this like fits in with like, with like the specter of like the local character, because like, if you, well, like, ev- like, ev- like everyone who, who grew up pretty much anywhere apart from, apart from, I suppose, if you grow, if you grew up somewhere extremely, extremely well off, knows, knows some kind of, some kind of local character, uh, whether they are somebody who is known because, uh, because they kind of behave disturbingly mm. or <laughs> because they're just sort of like, they're just, they're just, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a kind of no, there's a known person who's kind of round and about, like the, um, like the guy on Green Lanes who, who like runs around with his, with his, not a machete, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a large, it's a large blade, um, yeah. it's, a, it's a large blade, and like we, and like when, where I, where I grew up, there was, um, there was a woman who had, uh, 
like three Rottweilers and mm. she would just cut about with her with her three Rottweilers and they were they they were they were, they were fine they were perfectly they were perfectly well behaved but she was like a kind of she was like a known she was like a known figure it was like a it was like you you would go out and about and you'd see her with her Rottweilers you'd be like, oh, okay would you describe her as a local legend I think she's a local legend. Um, they, what, yeah. One of the Rottweilers um, had a kind of <laughs> unrequited crush on my dad. And my dad's not a particular dog person. Yeah. But this Rottweiler would just be like, hey, 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 what's up? Let's be friends. And my dad would just be like, hi, yeah. how's, how's it going? While this what, Rottweiler, uh, yeah. Rottweiler was trying to like lick like his like, hands. Well, because I imagine that when a dog is excited, and, and and when I say I imagine, it's like I know this because I was in a similar situation of having uh, one of my neighbors like had a few dogs, and uh, those dogs would always be very excited. Um, but you know, they would be excited, and my 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 neighbor would tell me, yeah, yeah, they're just really excited. They're really nice dogs. Like you know, you can tell by their tail. Number one, I feel like that's a really insane way of like telling a dog's mid. Um, but the other one was like, well, because these are, I I don't know what kind of breed it was. But it was definitely one of those dogs that I was afraid of. And so when it's barking at you, it's like, nope, I'm scared of you because <laughs> you're going to attack me. And I know that if you're going to attack me, like it's going to really, really like not, it's not going to be a good day for me if you do. And so, um, yeah, that, that, that's my, that's my, that's my side point on dogs. The reason why I mentioned local legend though was, well, number one, I, um, the, the former neighborhood that I lived in had a lot of local legends. Uh, many listeners of our shows will know about the mechanic that sold eggs and, um, also sells knockoff perfumes. Uh, yeah. and, and if you ask, and if you ask the guy, where'd you get them from? He'll tell you like, don't ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, but well, he will do you like in eggs. Um, well, during the pandemic, he just got, he had just got a load of eggs and someone told me. <laughs> Go go to the mechanic to go get some eggs. And I had to go get my MOT done anyway. So I was like, yeah, why not? And I asked him and he goes, yeah, yeah. And he goes, he goes, he goes, um, he goes out to the back and he comes out with this like plastic bag, but still like, it's got like motor oil on it, mm. but there's like 12 eggs in there. <laughs> and yeah, he was just the guy who was known for having eggs and you don't ask questions about where those eggs come, came from. Um, but the reason why like local legend stuff is interesting to me is because I feel like the aesthetics of these types of characters are that they present they they kind of they kind of present themselves as being what you would normally consider to be like the local legend, like the guy down the pub who like you know just has like a weird nickname because of like a one you know a, a weird and funny situation that happened to him, or like becomes a local celebrity for like in you know in the case of like Big John like frequent like frequenting the Chinese restaurant so much there's a picture of him on the wall, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. But, the fact that these guys are internet, like social media celebrities, and like we were talking off mic about how, um, like, yeah, we well, we weren't entirely sure, but like one of the cafes that Big John went to a few weeks ago, um, is actually just around the corner from our studio. And so when I was on the bus this morning to get here, I realized that oh, that cafe is like really packed, and I didn't really notice that it existed until I saw that there was a line around it. And I do wonder whether part of that was because of like the Bosch Army kind of like featuring it in their thing and so suddenly it's like you've got these local legend type of aesthetics and uh uh the type of language sort of used to describe them but then but they are like not they're not local legends they are like social media stars and like that i'm really interested in that dynamic and i wondered whether like you had any thoughts on that or whether you had sort of seen more examples of that yeah yeah they're definitely (laughs) local legends aren't they and like we were saying like um 
you know, yeah, every every town's got one really, unless you live in South Ken. <laughs> you know, it's uh, even, must, even there. There's a few weird South, old eccentric. They must yeah. have them in South Ken because they've probably because you've probably got because in South Ken now you're going to have um, quite a lot of quite a lot of kind of sort of sort of oligarch adjacent types. Yeah. And they're prob- and they're probably a little bit eccentric. And like in and you can you can have like the you can have like the kind of the the kind of the like the kind of the old aristocratic loopers who yeah, all no, you're totally right, yeah. Who all own like who all own like rare map shops. You know that <laughs> yeah, little yeah, yeah. you know that little ro- that little road just behind Leicester Square Station that or, that has only yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. vintage posters of vintage maps. Yeah. And they're all and they're all owned by by people with titles who yell at you if you walk into the shop. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's that. Yeah, I mean, my girlfriend lives not too far from there, and uh, like, um, yeah, I spend a lot of time around there. It's, yeah, but yeah, you're right. No, actually, there might be, there might actually be more local legends around there. Come to think yeah, of it, like, anywhere else in the country. Yeah, we've, we've got, a, we've got a guy who uh, runs what's supposed to be a local antique shop, but it's not. It's, it's, it's a junk shop. Who, who swears up and down that he used to be a CIA asset, and if you, uh, and yeah. if you go in. To, to to look at some junk, and to, to be fair, you can get some pretty good junk in there. It's not a bad it's not a bad junk shop. He will he will collar you, and he'll start he'll start telling you about the different stuff he did as a CIA asset. And for all I know, he's telling the absolute truth because it's seen it's very detailed. Yeah, it's like um one of my favorite ones is this guy who's around sort of he's basically all of all in North London really. But I was Holloway Road is where I see him most. We call it, we use me and my mates. So when I used to live around there, we used to call him the Irish joke man. Cause basically he's a kind of, um, I don't think he's homeless, but he's like, you know, he's a, a person of the streets as it were. And, um, he just comes over and he's, you know, he's asking for money and stuff, but he does it. He has this kind of insane library of jokes. Right. And his catchphrases and another one for you like that. And he's yeah. got this like really broad Irish accent and, um, he's just always on his bike. And, um, he tells you these kind of like Christmas cracker jokes, and um, he's he's got like he he's one of those people you honestly couldn't tell how old he is, and he um, he looks a bit like sort of Christopher Lloyd from Back to the, Back to the Future mm-hmm. with glasses, yeah. and he was always on like a, he's always on a bike that looks like it's been nicked, um, and uh, yeah, you just see him forever, and like hadn't seen him for a few years. My friend was like, "Yeah, I saw the Irish joke man the other day," and it's like, oh, fuck, "I'm glad he's still doing his thing." Mm. Yeah. Glad he's still there. Yeah. yeah. And, but, um, yeah, and you and you find and you find that and you find them propping up the bar in your local or just like or just like around and they're a kind of they're a kind of psychogeographic fixture of the landscape. Like if you don't see them for a bit, you do start to worry that they have died. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that if they're documenting themselves all the time in the way that local legends don't, but there is definitely like a kind of crossover in terms of in terms of kind of. The the interesting mixture of kind of relatability but distance. So they're yeah, yeah. so they're so far away from your own experience. They're so alienated from your own experience, but they're also just just accessible because they are just there. But mm. Here's one for you. Like, has the internet like destroyed the idea of the local legends like mystique? Because I remember when mm. I was when I was a kid, there was um there was a guy around, and he was like, again, I don't think he was like fully homeless, but like. He was, you know, he was a street drinker and he was always in the park bench of his mates and stuff. And he was, you know, in his like mid fifties, sixties. But the rumor is that he was Peter Green from Fleetwood Mac, the guy that did a runner. <laughs> 
Right. Okay. This is like the early nineties, right? Okay. So there was some connection between Peter Green and the area. So there was like anyway. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, with Google, you could very easily check you that it wasn't Peter that Green, right? Yeah, it, quickly, yeah. It didn't, yeah. Didn't, didn't really look anything like yeah. it. So people's real only sort of um way of referencing that would maybe be like pulling out like an old album cover or something like that and saying, yeah. Oh yeah, man, maybe it could be him, you know. It's been thirty years, who knows? But um yeah, so yeah, that everyone thought he was Peter Green. Well, not everyone. There was a kind of debate as to whether or not he was Peter Green. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, he, he definitely wasn't. But he could sort of like, you know, he was certainly playing on that mystique. And, um, you know, now you can sort of find people in the fucking company's house and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah. everyone's got, most people have got an old Facebook. And uh, Yeah, it's, it's yeah. I, I agree it's destructive. Although having said that, um, literally just a few months ago, I had a very similar uh, similar experience to the is that Peter Green <laughs> wandering around uh, when uh, when one of my friends uh, spotted Roy Hodgson at the Boy Genius show. Wow! In Gunnersbury Park, and he said, "Like I've just seen Roy Hodgson," and we were obviously all like, "Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, of course, mate, of course, <laughs> of course, you did, like." Who 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 are you going to see next? What Neil Warnock at Pink Panthers? Like what? <laughs> like what are you talking about? Um, and he's like that. I swear, I swear that was Roy Hodgson. Like you just saw a man with grey hair. That's what you saw. But when I got home, there were like hundreds of like kind of reports of seeing of seeing seeing Roy Hodgson. <laughs> Amazing. Um, which is which is very funny. Mm. Um, but it also there was this kind of brief time of 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 kind of scoff of kind of scoffing magic when you mm. were just like no it no you didn't you did not see Roy Hodgson no shut up you did you, you didn't you just you just saw mm. you just saw a guy and so that so there was there was still a kind of gap between that kind of that kind of situation and verification it was a much shorter gap. Admittedly, yeah. it was a much, it was a much shorter gap, but it does still happen, and it's, it's moments worth yeah. worth looking out for. I think I'm always looking out every time I go into town. I'm always looking for celebs. You know, sometimes I see them, sometimes I don't. Yeah. I mean, I feel like when I moved to London, or when I moved to London properly, uh, because you would see celebrities more often. Like the sort of mystique of it, well, the sort of magic of it sort of faded away. But I was thinking about because, like, the question you asked about has it sort of ruined the sense of mystery, but also does it kind of what does that mean for like the people whose reputations are kind of built on that sense of mystery? So I remember, like, in the small town that I grew up in, you definitely had those types of stories about people who would be known for just the fact that they <clears throat> had like allegedly seen a celebrity, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, I, I'm trying to, I can't, I'm trying to remember who it was, but there was a guy I went to school with and like the way that he was introduced was like, oh yeah, he's seen like this kind of footballer twice. <laughs> that was it. That was how he was introduced. Like he was, his reputation was built on the idea that he apparently had seen this footballer twice. Um, Do you remember no, which and, one it was? No, it, was I can't it better remember, be someone no, famous. It better be Messi. No, I can't remember which one it Bobby was. Bobby Zamora, I'll be disappointed. Um, you know, this, <laughs> yeah. was, this was like in, this was in the early 2000s. So... He's seen and Fabregas twice. Why not? I, 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 can't, I can't remember who it was. But um, the point that you make about like the fact that the internet sort of you know makes these things easily... I don't, I don't know if easily to, easy to verify is necessarily the right thing, because I feel like even though there is lots of kind of... you know There are ways in which you can like find out whether something is likely to be real or not 
like that infrastructure is like better than it ever has been. It also is like much easier to lie about stuff now than than it has before. But I do wonder whether, um, yeah, like the type of mystique around or the the type of idea that the British celebrity. The, the the British celebrity who is a cele- who is famous just for being on TV or be famous for like being famous that has kind of now faded in part because like being a being a celebrity is not necessarily as not tricky but it's it's not you know it's easier to be a celebrity now but also to a degree like even the celebrities that you mentioned in your article and like the sub- celebrities you've talked about like part of the reason they are famous is because it is much more likely that you'll see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah know, exactly. They're um it's it, it's it's not special. Like if you go if you like have seen Big Why well, actually that's not a good point, but like if um you know the celebrities like Big John, like that that type of t- like the TikTokers we talk about in like the Oath episode, like the whole point of their fame is the fact that you can sort of see and see them interact with them, like say Bosch with them, swallow roast potatoes whole with them. I don't I don't know. It's yeah. like all their weird stuff, like you can Bevo do that would with never them. Never let you swallow roast potatoes whole no, it's, a, it's a real skill. He, um, he's he's been he's been he's been training for that. You can't you can't, you can't just go in as a layperson and try and swallow a roast yeah. potato. You die. Do you know um do you know that YouTuber um I can't remember who like he used to do like fast food reviews but of like really weird like he he the, the first video I saw of his was when he when he reviewed a Rustler's burger in his van. And since then he now like takes his portable table outside of Oh that's right my plate. Yeah. Is yeah. that right my yeah okay. Yeah. I like a couple of people I know actually did see him outside yeah. of like the South London like chicken shops, yeah, yeah, yeah. or like the South London kebab shops, and um, I think that's like another good example. It's like, oh no, like the whole these this celebrity's whole thing is that like they want to be seen, they want to interact with like the public, and like uh, uh, to your mind, like is that do you think that like that sort of like a shift in British celebrity, like the sort of what the British celebrity is, or is this more of like a continuation of like the British flavor of celebrity that leads us to the idea of the citizen celebrity? Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because I suppose the idea once was that if you did become famous off like reality TV, like a Big Brother or something like that, you're then in that kind of like for a very very brief moment of time, you're then like on TV in TV studios in private cars being carried out Mahiki, you know, you're in that sort of like Dean Gaffney extended universe. And that is still like slightly uh, That's such a good way of putting it, sorry. That's still that's still slightly separated, right, from um everything else. But now it's like, I don't know, yeah, it's it's like everything's a lot more um you gotta be your own boss and you got you gotta run it yourself, you know, you gotta um even being a celebrity is a gig economy job. Yeah, if yeah, you're no, like no, a certain no, no. kind of person, it, like, it absolutely, it absolutely is. <laughs> yeah, like, like you're on, like as, as soon as you get out of the Love Island villa, they're just like, all right, off you go, start growing, start growing your followings. Yeah, yeah, get on, yeah. Get on cameo. It's very, very different from the kind of the uh, sort of few weeks of aftercare they gave you before they then, before they then kind of threw you to the mercy of the sun. Which, yeah, because you know, there, there, there's a bit, there's a, there's a, it feels like there's a bit more. Um, not a not agency, I suppose, but a bit more kind of what we've given you the tools. Now it's up to you to now it's up to you what you do with them, which is sort of quite which is sort of quite kind of quite Thatcherite, but then again influencing is very Thatcherite in general. Yeah, yeah. It's um because yeah, I think mean, I guess that was sort of like early naughty celebrity was very much like it's all like publicists, wasn't it? And like calling the paps and that kind of thing. If you ever watch yeah. like documentaries from that era about celebrity, mm. it's like it's all that kind of um um yeah now you don't really need to do that do you you've got your own you know it's um you've got, everyone's season... got everyone's got their own like paparazzi system well, they just carry around and, 
yeah, that they just carry around in their pockets. And like to me, it's extraordinary that that paparazzi photography is still a viable business. Yeah, yeah, it's not. But it is weirdly. Yeah, it's it's um, it's like the kind of like the soft porn of the um, Daily Mail say sidebar, right? I think that probably makes up most of it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like it's fashion as well, right? That seems to be the other thing. It's like I think awards ceremonies basically exist for the for the clothes now. You know, and it's like, you know, so they can be sort of like, and you know, you get all these sort of like the people on social media, like, you know, Florence Pugh, his mother, you know, that like, that's <laughs> yeah. where, yeah, those, those sort of strange people. Um, that's like um, people who have like really one particular affinity, so like one very minor actor who's done like nothing. Um, and it's like, yeah, that, that celebrities kind of shifted in that way, really, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I actually have a question. I actually have a question for both of you off the off the back of that, which is we've been talking a bit about about sort of about the new kind of form of British celebrity and about how much easier it is to be a celebrity now because of because of the sheer distributability of of, of content. Here is my here is my question: Is it that it is easier to be a celebrity, or is it just easier for? a lot of people an unhealthy number of people to know who you are which i don't think is necessarily the same as being a celebrity yeah i mean it's sort of mm. semantics i guess um yeah what is being a celebrity yeah well because 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 uh, because i think to my mind if i was to like try and sketch out a, like taxonomy of it part of what what is involved in being a celebrity is the kind of the perks and protections that are involved. Mm. So like, like money for one thing, uh, PR machines looking after you, uh, any kind of, any kind of sort of business machine, which like exists to stand between you and any kind of audience is sort of, of, it's the, it's the rewards of, it's the rewards of being a celebrity. But if you're just somebody who millions of people follow on TikTok, you get some brand deals and like, if you kind of, if you kind of parcel that out, it's prob that's probably a kind of mid, about the, about the same salary as a kind of mid sort of mid range office job. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be fascinated to know the economics of it. I'd love to know how much a, yeah, a sponsored post for um, I don't know some like protein powder company actually yeah. like gets you in the UK level. I know the Kardashians have like a starting rate of like half a million dollars or whatever. Yeah, but, but like, it's, um, it's massively gone down. What particularly, yeah, yeah. particularly if you're like a micro influencer, yeah, yeah, like your like how much you can reasonably charge massively goes down. And also because quite a lot of marketing departments are run by people who are who are not just older than the influencers themselves, but older than the than the target markets so they base things based on the existing work mm, yeah. not on the reach so if so if you have an influencer who has done a campaign with chloe say they're going to carry on getting high-end fashion stuff even if their content is very very uninspiring and their and their reach and their engagement is not great because they're not that's not what they're looking at they're not looking at their metrics they're looking at uh, they're looking at what they've done before. They're looking at their CV functionally, because that's what they're used to doing. Yeah. But say you're say you get like say you have got twenty five grand for your Fox's biscuit deal. <laughs> Unlikely, right? yeah. yeah. Say like say yeah. I mean I I don't know what kind I don't know what yeah. kind of walking around money Fox's biscuits have got, <laughs> <laughs> have yeah, got yeah. these days. But um, say you get twenty five grand and that's your big brand deal for the year. That is 
as a London salary, not quite livable on. Like particularly if you're like, yeah, if you have like a kid, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of them seem to work. A lot of them still seem to hold down jobs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, and that, and I think that's, the, I think that's another difference between yeah, yeah. the kind of the citizen, the citizen kind of again, like, I, like I'm not sure celebrity is like quite the right mm. word. It's more that it's more that they're a kind of they're they're a kind of citizen. They're a citizen local character, but one who has who has more eyes on them and more awareness of them than they would have originally because mm. it's because it's kind of spread out from their from their kind of from their traditional kind of milieu and their traditional audience which is a town a part of a city whatever and now everyone can have their own local character except it's a shared local character with hundreds of thousands of other people but and people know about them and they know about their lives and would like and would approach them like they would approach a celebrity, but mm. they haven't been afforded any of the any of the kind of traditional perks and protections of being a celebrity. Yeah. So they're kind of well known, but not famous exactly. But they could go anywhere in the, a lot of these people could go anywhere in the country and be recognised. Yeah, which that's is true. definitely a certain level of fame, right? Which I yeah. think it, which I think is horrible. <laughs> has I, that ever happened? I cannot has that, yeah. imagine anything worse. Has, has that ever happened to you, Clive? Uh, I used to, yeah, I used to get recognised quite a lot actually. Um, when I, yeah, back in the day, but I've noticed it's sort of like um, time and not really being on camera anymore. Yeah, um, I haven't been on camera in years actually. Um, has yeah stopped that. But yeah, no, I certainly had like you know I could go most places and get recognised and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, it was weird. Yeah, do you feel like if you were that type of guy now? But you would also be getting like um, offers from like weird gambling companies to yeah to do TikToks yeah, about yeah definitely matches. <laughs> yeah hundred percent I think well yeah. maybe maybe yeah um, I, I never really like did Instagram though I feel like if I was more like social media on like visual social media then a, a bit more of that but just yeah. being on Twitter and uh, making documentaries on YouTube is not really like that marketable and maybe I'm not that marketable but like um. I certainly I've seen people who are um, around also making kind of visual content around the same time as me in the sort of like what 2012 to 2016 sort of era, mm. and they and they a lot of them have done you know like branded deals and they've some of them been on things like Hot Wings and stuff like that, yeah, um, or like you know they've done like sort of like big like YouTube podcast stuff. But yeah, I'm just trying to think about like yeah, I got a lot of like are you this person you know are you clive you know as opposed to like oh you're clive yeah. which is a bit different you know yeah but the weird the really annoying one I used to get all the time I mean, was presumably like, you can't go in a weatherspoons now yeah yeah, yeah. no i can't yeah <laughs> um, uh, I, I do i do um oh, it's down it's the boss's son <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, that's one place you'll never get recognized, actually. It's <laughs> most things. But um, it's uh, the one I get used to get, uh, sorry, I'm not sort of like being pretentious, sort of ruminating on fame. But the one I used to get all the time, which is really annoying, actually, is where do I know you from? Because mm. you can't go, oh, yeah, mate, you might have did a few documentary for Vice on YouTube, because that's such a like wanker <laughs> yeah. thing to say. Yeah. So I just had to go, like, I, I don't know, mate. Like, he's like, no, but then, like, but then I got to the point, I got so, so annoyed with that, that, because it's quite like, where do I know you from is quite rude, you know, and it is, yeah. as it is. Um, so I used to say like, oh yeah, we went to school together, <laughs> you know, 
and no matter where it was and then just yeah. like yeah and they always usually really pissed as well so you can sort of play off that for a bit yeah. and just sort of mm. like you knew um mrs you're in mrs brown's class weren't you you know just yeah play along with it like that because yeah but um yeah it doesn't really happen anymore actually no. yeah i quite i quite like the idea though of someone saying like where do you well, i don't know you from and you say oh i've made some vice documentaries from youtube and then being like no, I think I, I think I met you at my cousin's <laughs> wedding. Yeah, Sorry. We did, no, you were actually. No, we did actually go your, to school. Too. I've happened not, to me. I've not seen your, I've yeah. not seen your documentaries, mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> that did happen to me. I thought a guy was doing it, and he turns out I did go to school with him. <laughs> no. yeah, 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 yeah. And you were in Mrs. Brown's class, and you were also were part of. Uh, you were briefly part of Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I think so. I, I was thinking about some of the stuff that you, Phoebe, you were saying about celebrity, and I, I remembered that, like, I do know. So I know like people who work in like advertising and who like whose job is now. Um, in fact, like maybe we should get some of them on the show. I, I need to check to see whether we can do that because um, so much of their work now is really just about like courting like local legends or like these types of TikTok people to basically mm. like do these campaigns. And he was saying to me that like back in the day, or when he got into advertising, we graduated at the same time. And when he got into advertising, um, he went into it on the basis of, oh, this is sort of like a very creative career that is almost kind of like, you know, it's it's this sort of mixture of like marketing, filmmaking, so on. Like, it's just kind of like he sort of saw it more as like as this like artistic endeavor. And in the same way that lots of industries have gone, like part of it is now like very, very metrics driven. But a lot of his job is really like less to do with like when they talk about like an advertising campaign, they're not really talking about like, making adverts what they are really talking about is like who is the sort of low denominator character who can sort of appeal to um like this sort of generic uh you know this, this sort of like target audience which he was saying quite interesting like interestingly like they weren't actually sure whether like they existed or not um and i remember this because actually he worked on a campaign with uh one of the people like uh i think tom skinner was the part like and i uh i don't know too much about that campaign so i can't really talk about it that much but he was yeah he was saying that so much of his job is now really rooted in like getting these local campaigners like to really produce product or like to sort of advertise products but without really knowing who their audience is because like well who is the audience for these types of these characters the second thing i wanted to point out or the second thing that i remembered was about protein powders and deals because uh i do know someone uh who i used to go to a gym with who is a like not a particularly famous fitness influencer, but someone who has like enough Instagram followers to sort of like be able to do one of those like hashtag ads and like, you know, so uh, uh, use my username and you can get 30% off like this protein powder. It was um, a fairly well-known protein powder band, but I can't remember off the top of my head. They got paid, um, I think he made about like 500 pounds from like, that entire and like their job was like they was he was supposed to post it every day for like 30 days <laughs> in some way um and i think he did it like a mixture of like stories videos lives and so on but they got paid 500 pounds um i'm not sure if that's because it's like you know i don't know because there's so many protein brands out there now like maybe it's a situation where like if you get a deal with like gymshark or my protein or something like that you'll get like yeah. higher rates but it sort of does touch on that point when it comes to like sort of celebrity. And in my mind, like thinking about celeb, thinking about what we kind of considered the celebrity to be a bit, you know, it would be the sense of like, okay, well, if you're famous, then you shouldn't really have to do 
the same work for everyone else has to do, right? Like you should kind of, the idea and like the sort of trade-off that you have of like having that sort of intrusion of privacy is that you should kind of be invited to exclusive events. You should be, like your life should be easier in some way. And I'm sure like you still get invited to like exclusive events. Um, you know, I'm sure that side is kind of like fine, if not thriving, but it does sort of feel like, oh, when you're a celebrity, what you've really signed up, you signed yourself up for, especially if you're like a middling, like online celebrity is that you've really signed yourself up for like one, like a freelance gig economy job where like you are finding yourself having to work a lot more in order to sort of like maintain your proximity to fame. Yeah, Yeah. Um, and so in some ways it's like, it is a job, but it also isn't really a job. It like, it's sort of you know, and you are sort of, you know, you are on the clock all the time because it is your personality that is now like your occupation. Yeah. Um, and it sort of feels like once that screws up, like once you're done with it, and we've talked about this quite a lot on the show about what happens to influencers when they phase out or like when, you know, the stuff that they were kind of really famous for is no longer tenable. Um, but you're also stuck in that occupation as well. Like you well, like, they I get imagine- real depressing <laughs> is what happens. Well, yeah, like or like or like Boogie Two Nine Eight. Like me and me and Devin talked about uh, the film, the Boogie Two Nine Eight Eight film, and you also mentioned it in your article as well. Or you mentioned Boogie in your article at the beginning, um, where like you just like these types of people can't really figure out like what to do once they've had that level of fame and once they've had that level of like observation and scrutiny. Um, and so in that way, it's kind of, yeah, like this, this does sort of feel the citizen celebrity thing to me does sort of feel like it is a version of that, but the low fi like the sort of like low efforts nature of it means that like, it's less recognizable as celebrity. Like, you know, these guys aren't, you know, the, the, the output isn't clean. It's not refined. It's not sort of like, you know, you don't recognize it instantly as marketing, even if it is. And so, because it feels that type of like, because it feels low level, it doesn't kind of scream out, but it's marketing. But and I and I and I wonder whether like that's significant in your mind, or like when you were sort of looking at these type this type of content, um, is some of the appeal of it just the fact that like when you're online and you and everything kind of has that look of like you're being marketed to in some way, that it's almost refreshing to sort of see something that is like doesn't look like it. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly quite refreshing to see something that's quite um, I don't want to say ugly, but like. Um... Boys, yeah, I mean, Big John with his shirt off, like drinking a pint of chow mein sauce or something. It's not, it's not like, it's not, it's, it, it, it still looks different to most of my reels, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, that's, yeah. And, so I, and, I watch, and I watch a lot of that shit and it still looks quite, still stands out, you know, right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's certainly got that coming in. Yeah, I think, it, yeah, it definitely, um, I think that's the thing is it, it's that, it's, you know, they, they, I would say it in the article, it does sort of push through that kind of, you know, beige and sort of gunmetal grey kind of mm. Molly, Molly May core sort of like blandness that dominates a lot of um, social media. Um, and it's it's quite visceral, isn't it, really? Um, but it's also just kind of, hey, they're selling shit at the end of the day, mostly. But yeah, I was just think that part of it that people kind of want to see if maybe he yeah. has too much chow mein sauce and maybe he might die on camera. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about this. Is there, of... Yeah, there is something quite morbid about like, uh, how much of his audience is basically waiting to say, R.I.P. Bosch or something like that. Yeah, like yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is really grim when you think about it, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, a lot of them are in pretty bad physical shape in one way or another. You know, Be- Bevo does not look like a healthy man, does he? <laughs> um, Big John certainly doesn't. Um, so yeah, maybe there is a sort of slightly, um, you know, super masochistic sort of like, oh god, yeah. There's a, there's a touch of the Steve-O to it all, isn't there? It's like, how yeah. long can we keep watching this man like 
fucking take himself to the brink yeah. one way or another. Or even Imagine- just like even just like something like of the kind of the vomitorium about it. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about like, that. You're kind of watching. You're sort of watching it because because of the kind of the kind of repulsive fascination. And yeah, I think I think like I think most of Bevo's audience surely are just wanting to see if one day he chokes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just one, yeah, just yeah. one day. Surely, <laughs> surely, there's no more room in that throat. <laughs> there's more immediate peril with him, right? It's not like life, it's not a lifestyle related illness. He's threatening. Yeah, no, it's no, like, no, no. He hasn't he got the just <laughs> die right there and then. He hasn't got like yeah. the kind of the furry arteries, but yeah, he could yeah. just. Yeah. Could just, but, uh, but this this also like speaks very old school because like there was a whole like that whole genre of like again vice content which was like you know I did you know I did this thing that was potentially like life threatening or like at least very harmful to me for the sake of making for the sake of writing this article. Always um, friend of the show Tom Usher. Always friend of the show Tom Usher, who is still like you know getting willingly getting punched in the face, although less so these days. But like that whole genre of content, like. I wonder how much of this is just sort of like another iteration about it. like the the question to me is like how much of this is new, how much of this is just like evolution or like reiterations of things that have already happened. And in that case, it's like okay, what you're doing is you know content by nature, like a certain degree of content by nature is pretty much all the same. And what you're sort of seeing are now like the citizen element of it is almost like an evolution of the type of citizen journalism we saw in those types of you know 20 like 2000s 2010s media content of like anyone being able to sort of publish an article as long as they were willing to kind of you know put themselves in compromising positions to a degree oh yeah and it goes it goes yeah certainly uh, but it, it goes further back than that as, than that as well right because you've got like um i'm thinking about like um uh, like TFI Friday, like yeah. Free Call Unique or like mm. The Word used to do a lot. Not yeah, that it's been, yeah, been before yeah. my time, but it used to do a lot of that kind of stuff. I think like early MTV had a bit of that. And yeah. I think like if you read like sort of loads in FHM in that era, like there was always these sort of like, um, you know, people doing sort of weird things and uh, like bizarre magazines, stuff like that. And um, then you've got Jackass, Daddy Sanchez. Um, before that, I suppose you're in these sort of like, Skate videos used to have a lot of that kind of stuff in it. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, that used yeah, to be yeah. that used to be that used to be big business. Yeah, yeah. skate videos like, are sort like of like watching like watching people come off skateboards and and BMXs. But a lot of the non-skate bits in skate videos were things like that. Yeah. You know, they used to do like that's where Jackass came from, right? They were skaters, and they the bits it was almost like the bits in between became the show. So they all that like CKI was it CKY that was which is by Mar- Margera's sort of like. Uh, indie video series that's where they sort of found him from and yeah. it was all the, it was all the bits not necessarily skateboarding but it was the sort of stunts they were doing in between that became and you know that they, they were actually you know another kind of um underground media form where it was kind of quite gross out and stuff like that and i'm sure you could go you know you could take it even further back than that so yeah it's definitely like part of a lineage isn't it yeah yeah it's like because it because i because I, I i'd, I'd say that it was a lineage that's all going back to kind of like almost like kind of freak shows and kind of people as circus exhibits Oh yeah, yeah. And it's sort of got a very yeah, yeah. And it's it's people shooting of, themselves out of cannons and stuff like that. Yeah, like it's it, yeah, it's yeah. like like I th- and I think that like quite a lot of the certainly like kind of local legend content creators that they have they feel like they have much more in common with like a Victorian strongman than they do yeah. uh, than they do like a kind of Instagrammer. <laughs> to mm. me, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and, yeah. That's, and, and like part like part of it just feels very kind of. Like Renaissance, like Renaissance obsession with obsession with death and like death <laughs> and decay, and like, yeah, is he gonna? Is this gonna be the potato that kills him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, is, is yeah, this cause it? Got, like, <laughs> yeah, because obviously, like you know, 
circuses and stuff, you've got people that are, you know, basically have you know genetic issues that are kind of held up before the world and then you had like the ringmaster and big john is almost like a ringmaster right you yeah, know he's has that sort of like yeah. you, you can imagine him like in the elephant man like you know <laughs> you, there's sort of like a big like hat on like with a bell or something like come and see the you know this this um and then you've got people like bevo who is just um he is a like what he does is yeah like, physically freaky and dangerous yeah you know? Well, there, was, there were other like oaths. I don't know if we talked about it on the oath show, but Tom sent me like quite a few oaths over the holidays. Yeah. Um, and like <laughs> there was one, I feel, I feel like we may have seen, we may have seen this one. That guy who like eats, I mean, a lot of it is, again, a lot of it is food, but he ate like that very big, like English breakfast burger. And at one point he like, and he's like, he's like gorging this and it's disgusting to watch. But the most disgusting part is uh, when uh, he uh, he takes too much of a bite. So some of it comes out and then he puts it back in his mouth again. Yeah. Um, it Sorry. is genuinely like one of it's. Yeah, it is one of, it's one of the worst things I've ever, I've ever it was seen. One of, it was like, it was not a nice thing to see. But this is uh, what I mean about the, vomit- <laughs> about the vomitorium. It's, the like vomitor- kind, yeah, right. it's like a kind of it's like how people like wound videos yeah. or like, yeah, or like or like Clive said, like, um, yeah. Like uh, watching someone come off a BMX and really, really yeah. fuck their leg up. I used yeah. to love those. Yeah. I used to watch hours and hours of people falling off, falling off skateboards. Mm. That's weird, isn't it? Mm. Interesting. Well, the new the new incarnation of this. There's a guy I'm really fascinated by who's pretty pretty heinous. It's um, so it's kind of like taking the Andrew Tate model and kind of doing that on on Instagram with a bit of kind of fitness stuff. There's this guy called Freddie, I think it's Freddie, Freddie MC, or I'm not sure if he's called himself Freddie Mac or Freddie MC, right, okay. but he's this kind of like Liverpudlian, I mean, I think he's about, he must be like 19 or something. And um, he just has these sort of like, almost like proverbs um, that are kind of anti-woke and kind of like deeply misogynistic. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh yeah, he says like, you know, they should ban XL birds, not XL bullies. And his... Um, his catchphrase is uh, stay woke in these streets. And he goes, big brr. Anyway, he's selling merch off this and stuff like that. And anyway, I, the guy. They that, should ban XL. They should ban big birds. Yeah, yeah. As in women. Um, right, yeah. yeah but yeah. I, I'm just thinking about this in terms of like, yeah, a campaign to like ban, I don't know, like, yeah. A big, a big vulture. Or but something, he just yeah. has all these sort of like. <laughs> He's this, the, like, the, the big Australian swooping bird. If he if he did refer to the big Australian swooping bird, I would agree because those things are fucking scary. Um, but he said like, um, oh yeah, if your girl's phone is always on airplane mode, then you're not the only one, lad. <laughs> you know, uh, stay walking these streets. He goes, oh my god. Um, oh my god. Anyway, he's like. Anyway, I met I, the, a guy. I tweeted about him, and no one really seems to know who he was yet. I think he's going to get really big. Um, but a guy I know in Liverpool was like, yeah, he, he works in the JD Sports across the road from my work. <laughs> And he's like 19, but he's got this like deeply paranoid, misogynistic sort of like worldview. It's like, I'd love to know what kind of led to this because everything he does is about like the potential of like being cheated on by a woman. And it's like, as if there's like loads of like vipers that are out to get you, which is the kind of thing that like people have been divorced three times say, but he's like, I don't know if it's just purely like Tate's influence, but he lives this like, he's, he's doing quite well. And it's like this strange sort of like, yeah, misogynistic like proverbs. So that's like kind of like a pretty mm. dark, um, in sort of pretty dark sort of evolution of the uh, the citizen celeb format. Mm. Yeah. So check, watch, watch out for him. Yeah, I, I mean, eye out. I mean, what yeah. I will say is compared to 
people like that. I do prefer like the man who uh, vomits up his own food and then eats it, eats it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do prefer him as a person, at least based on what I know of him, based on the one video I, 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 I've watched. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm conscious about. I'm conscious that we're like running out of time, but there is like one thing I did want to ask. I like one other question I did want to ask you, which was actually more about like the format than anything else. So like obviously the kind of the 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 characters that you have written about in your article. And also even like the oaths that we've talked about, they all like, they sort of exist mostly on TikTok, right? Um, they might like cross-pollinate to other places, but they sort of mostly exist on on that format of TikTok. And the sort of, the citizen celebrities home seems to now be TikTok. I watch, um, them, on, I watch them on Instagram actually, but I tend, I feel like I'm watching almost like recycled content. Yeah, some, well, sometimes like, like it's just, less toxic TikTok. So, sometimes yeah. it's like recycled and sometimes it's just like cross-pollinate. And again, that's yeah. very much part of like content strategy, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big John, like TikToks are somewhat different from big john instagram reels and you know yeah, yeah. that's like when the, the citizen celebrity like decides okay i'm setting up like a media like a cross-pollinated media platform um but i wondered whether like i i don't know how much time you spend on tiktok but i wonder whether there is there something about tiktok that like is the makes this sort of the place where the like the, the local legend does become the citizen celebrity and in that sense because what we don't we what we know about tiktok is also like the half-life of this content is so small that you know, there is no, re- and it, to me, this kind of goes back to the, like, what is a celebrity question? Because I feel like the degree of the celebrity, even if you were sort of like a reality TV celebrity, was the idea that there, you know, there was the chance of longevity, right? Like you could come out of a reality TV show, even like a Love Island or something, and provided that you are like endearing enough, um, you could get your brand deals, but you might be able to go onto other TV shows. You might like star in a bad film of some kind. You would get like these other opportunities and like maybe in six months, like you would sort of run out of steam. But for those six months, you would at least get those things. It feels with, with it feels like with TikTok now, you know, even that promise isn't really or like that promise of celebrity isn't there. So I wondered what like what is it about TikTok that kind of makes it the home of the local celebrity? And is it partly just to do with the fact that like it is the content is so sort of forgettable or at least kind of easily passable. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, first of all, I've never had a TikTok account because every time I use it, I feel <clears> like I feel like my um, laptop camera is going to turn on. I'll be some, someone in some sort of data harvesting center in Beijing, <laughs> sort of staring at me or something, you know. Um, so I've, I've used it on the browser and a few times incognito mode. Um, yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. using using TikTok yeah. on your browser on your on your laptop or your, on your on your on your on your browser is like a real sort of age. Oh yeah, it's very boomer. It's sort of like it? a recognition yeah. of like yeah, you, yeah, where you are in there. Yeah, no, um, it's what it's what I, it's what I do as well, Clive. Don't worry, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about having, it. Having, <laughs> having, to, having to do that little verification puzzle before you get. Oh to watch yeah, it, I see that. That terrifies me. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, un, it's undignified. Um, yeah, I'm very much Team CIA on that one. Um, so, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. I guess there's maybe like you know the the total kind of short formness of um, TikTok. Kind of maybe it, it plays into the yeah the, the 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 shelf life of these characters. You know, it's it's so so quick, it's so disposable that um, that you know yeah. It obviously, can, it kind of the nature of it bleeds into their arcs or something. Yeah. But I was just thinking, if you really want to understand where this goes, I guess you, you, we, we probably now got enough like distance between like the first generation of YouTubers to understand what happens to them afterwards. Mm-hmm. The kind of where are they now sort of effect. Yeah, um, I know. Like obviously, some of them huge, like well, you know, your KSI's and Logan Pauls, for instance. But they've diversified off YouTube, right? They're doing other things. They're they're bigger than that. They're sort of like more like generalized celebrities, really. But like you know, like I don't really know what like Zoella and like. 
Joe, what what are they up to Ooh, these days? I actually do know. Go on. <laughs> uh, I know what the, I know what all, all the kind of the Sug Empire are up to. So Zoella has made a big big move into uh, family right, vlogging yeah. and mummy vlogging, and she's just had her second child. Yeah. Um, but she's but apparently she's found the um. She's found the transition a bit like a like a bit like a bit like a bit shaky. So she's so she's not quite managed to sort of fully reinvent herself in that space. So she's still Zoella of two thousand and fourteen, um, like talking about talking about how like her favorite children's films and stuff, but like uh-huh. not because she's watching them with her kids because she watches them. So she's kind of like a silent movie actress when the talkies came in. Exactly. She's like she's Polar Negri. That's exactly what's what's happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then she's sort of got these kids and she makes content out of the kids, of course, like she and her partner. Yeah. Make contact make content out of the kids. But it doesn't it doesn't go down that well. No, no, and I imagine like, she's she's pretty I've not heard anyone mention her name in years. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's but it's cause it's still just it's still just her, like with the with the kind of the with like the bold lip and the kind of the and and the top knot and talking about how much she loves Shrek and yeah. how much she loves Halloween and Christmas, but also but also like making kind of yeah, making kind of paid content maybe out of her out of her children. Maybe she needs to go full Big John, just like I think she needs to go full I think she needs to go full Big John. Um there was there was a there was a bit of a flurry. Uh, when she and her she and her partner got engaged earlier on this year, and there's a really really frightening gif. So what they what they did was they did a little uh, they did an engagement announcement, and how they did it, like you shouldn't have mentioned this. This has turned into this has turned into one of my kind of like kind of morbid special interests. <laughs> um, how they how they did it was he well he gave a little he gave a little speech about how how he loves her and stuff and then he kind of just hands hands her the ring box he doesn't say help yourself but he but nearly like he nearly says <laughs> he nearly just hands it over and she doesn't realize what it is until she <laughs> until she opens it and they've been together for like 10 years and like i said they've they've got they've now got two children so it so this is not so this is presumably not going to be like this kind of gigantic shock and uh, the cynic would say that they were doing it just for the content but um they then filmed this little kind of this very very short film, but like for re- but like for Insta rather than for TikTok, which shows how difficult and clunky they found the transition into into the kind of the new world of of content making and influencing. Wow! And it's her running towards the camera with her hands up like this, so you can see her ring, and he's sort of just standing <laughs> behind her, kind of just looking somewhere else <laughs> and so there is a there's a very very unsettling gif of her like bearing down on the camera with her hands out in these kind of claws showing off uh showing off her new ring so that's what she's up to oh, and joe sug is um in a kind of influencer partnership thing with his girlfriend who was his partner on strictly and they just, I think they still, ha- they still get, do brand deals and stuff. Although I wouldn't be surprised if the whole lot of them basically just do property flipping now, but just don't yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, wow. There you go. Yeah, there you go. That's the <laughs> that's the answer to what that's happened. Right. What yeah, happened? I mean, to Suggs. 
I mean, basically, yeah, probably. It, it all just, yeah, it all just ends up in like being a landlord anyway. Um, I think that's, I think, I think that's probably a good way to, a uh, good way to end the show. Uh, Clive, thank you so much for coming on. No worries, it's my always, always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, we will link the new statesman article that we talk, we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. But is there anywhere else? Like, that, is there anything that you want to plug? Uh, no, not right now. Yeah, uh, good. read Clive's stuff. Uh, yeah, you can follow my crack. Do, do you still use like at like Twitter or whatever? I do. Yeah, yeah. The most I try not try not to use so much these days. Okay, yeah. still still a work tool, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep up to date with Clive's stuff. We'll put his socials in the in the show notes as well. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ten Thousand Posts. We really appreciate it. Um, thank you for listening uh, to this free episode as well. Like we have lots of good bonus content on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Ten K Post Podcast. Lots of good content on there. Uh, so go check that out. Um, I have no uh, plugs. Phoebe, do you want to plug anything? Uh, well, my usual links will be in yep. the show notes and continue to uh, donate to uh, Medical Aid for Palestinians. And I think there are some uh, some new some new marches and stuff that have been announced for this year. Yeah, so go um, do go to so a march if you can go, do that. Go do those if the, if you are if you are capable of doing so and uh and happy new year as well mm. oh yeah happy new year yeah, i keep forgetting year. <laughs> i keep i keep forgetting that uh yeah time time does go forward uh the show is produced by devon follow them at devon on devon underscore on earth and listen to kill james bond as well if you don't already and until next time we'll catch you later bye bye cheers